Bruce Newberry. The food dude. Here in the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro, you know, I'm sitting here in this 200-year-old inn and looking sort of bemusedly at all these new restaurants opening up. Well, I get to talk to my dear friend, Ted Tomlinson, the proprietor of the one and only Spanked Puppy in Colchester, Vermont, who joins me on the line and... Still in business for one more day. Excellent. (laughs) And Griffin is there as well. Well, he actually was, if you heard the beating on the coffee table, he could hear the the intro into the, the segment here, and he was banging it along. Now, you may hear some uh, other music. There he goes. You may hear some other music, and yes. that's his little play thing of, uh, which, unfortunately, talk about an earworm. You know, you get those songs. Every now and then, you got to hear, I don't know, Billy Ocean or... Sure. Aha, or any, you know, this kind of pop music. But now I've got these little kid tunes of <laughs> the, the farmer and the Dell, the farmer and the Dell. And uh, those really get stuck in your head. I mean, do. really get stuck in your head. They do. Uh, so do I they... would be happy for some of the monkeys or <laughs> well, we anything said... that the Archies. A fake band to get me out of this. There we go. We just had a little Tom's Diner, which was uh, a real singer, Suzanne Vega, but with a uh, with kind of a, a little uh, prefab uh, background going on there. The Art of Noise, or or whoever it was that accompanied her on that remake of Tom's Diner. So we had we had that going on. So you can have that stuck in your uh, in your head for the next uh, few days. All right. We're what happy. did you just send me with? <laughs> we'll just well we're just here to serve you so i was yeah. asked i was asked the other day here at the inn i was asked a question that i'm asked quite often what was your most memorable meal and you know there's so many so many qualifiers to that the most memorable meal here at the inn the most memorable meal while i was you know as the food dude on the radio the most memorable meal ever i mean you know where do you where do you go and Oof. so it's always but it's always a moment in time isn't it it isn't just the food or the place or the surroundings right well so my thought would i mean i yeah i can think of three right now and i think every one of them was the element of surprise meaning uh, i and a good memorable meal. We've talked about this, you know, as always Thanksgiving or family or something like that. And it, maybe it's memorable because somebody did something they weren't supposed to or the other way around. (laughs) (laughs) But the the, the most memorable meal that I can think of right now is uh, our senior high school class went to Thailand. Wow. Uh, the high school that I went to 
Um, it was a private school, but not like a snooty private school. It was just, you know, wasn't a public school. I got you. Yeah, and, you, you hear that. You hear that private school, and immediately it's like, oh yes, you're either Harry Potter or you're, you know, Oxford. I, I'm neither. I can't do anything with a magic wand, and I'm broke. So <laughs> I'm a restaurant guy. <laughs> so uh, the the school's philosophy was: the senior class did all the fundraising, and all that money went to leaving the country. And it was designed to give students a perspective outside of your little bubble there. So we went to Thailand. And I'm going to say this delicately. Yes. When we went to Thailand, it was 2001, 2000. Oh boy. So I graduated 2001. Yeah. So it would have been 2001. Yeah. And uh, we'd never been, I don't think any of us had been out of the country except for Canada. <laughs> well, that's always a, a consideration when you grow up in Vermont, you know, that you're 100 miles away from Montreal, you're an hour away from the border, and so you can leap over to another country. It's an advantage that not everybody has. Well, we're all kind of the same. But Thailand is the other, it's 13 hours from, uh, I want to eat. Wow. It was 13 hours just on the one stretch on wow. Korea Air. And when you landed, you could smell, and I'm just, I, I'm going to be delicate, but honest, garbage, mm. curry, mm -hmm. tons of spices, and the heat was, I mean, you get off that climate-controlled air, airplane, and then you land, and you hit Thailand, and I think it was May. Oh. So, bang, yeah, yeah. right there in Bangkok, there you are. Okay. So we were looking for places. Oh, go ahead. No, no, that that was what where I was going to go. Did you eat fairly soon after landing or did you have to settle in? Well, this first? is this is the picture that I have to paint. Okay. And this is I'm going to be discreet in this. We were staying with uh some missionaries that we knew that wanted to open their house with us. But our graduate the whole class was so big it it just didn't work. Because we were just staying in a house, yeah. and there was quite a few of us. And their food, um, God bless them, but they had not planned for a class of our size to be eating. And after, there was one bathroom, I should mention. Oh, my. How many were you? Uh, 22. Oh. 24. 26 with chaperones. Um. So we were, I mean, some of us were taking a shower with the little wand that comes out of the sink. Sure. <laughs> I'm bringing, I'm bringing this up for a lot of good reasons. So they didn't believe in throwing away food. However, some of that food needed to be thrown away. And after a little bit of uh, whatever the uh, Southeast Asia's version of Montezuma's revenge kicked in, mm -hmm. uh, the chaperone said, we're going to get a hotel and we're going to go see what's out on the street and we all of us were kind of walking along in bangkok and when i say a hole in the wall this was a literal hole in the wall it was a giant concrete wall that had been knocked out with a sledgehammer and here's the second thing i have to be discreet about uh the thai culture is very thin we'll just say that and the cook 
was not only one of the biggest people I've seen in my life. Yes. He was, he was huge. He was massive. And he was wearing this kind of ratty T-shirt, and he was sweating bullets. And he was doing what we would call a streetcar from a literal hole in the wall. A literal hole in the wall. And let me tell you, that was one of the best meals we've ever and universe, we still talk about this to this day. Wow. How good that food was. It was a street car, street truck, street meal, whatever you have to say, that was knocked out. And I think it cost us about eight or ten bucks for the entire group. Um, so <laughs> what was it? Unfortunately. The experience is what sticks out in my mind. The food itself, it was so new to us. I don't think I could I could remember the exact menu items now. Mm-hmm. I do know that when we, we all came back to Vermont, uh, we were so enamored with that meal that we went to a Thai restaurant here and it didn't quite. It was, I don't know, a lot of peanut based, yep. uh, a lot of skewers. At the restaurant, sure. Um, so it, it was more like wall. city food. So the, this meal that was fixed for you by this, you know, the real guy from the street was uh, so much more <laughs> rustic and everything. Yeah, it I was. But what sticks out to all of us was think about where our palates were at that time. We're high school kids, sure, born and bred in Vermont, right? And we are halfway across the world, and the food was alive. It was fantastic. It's absolutely out of this world. And you and I have had this conversation a zillion times. I think that being able to transcend that many barriers and still have good food is the mark of a phenomenal chef. No question. No question. Even if it sounds like the last thing that the cook who cooked for you would have referred to, particularly himself, would be as a chef. I mean, this guy just cooked. But exactly. Yeah, and yeah. he didn't He didn't cook for us. He was just cooking, and we happened to show up. <laughs> that's excellent. Boy, that's great. Now, Most memorable meal. <laughs> most memorable meal. But then there was a 180-degree opposite of that for you. Uh, now you're bringing it up. We're talking about Olive Garden, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's 180 degrees from? Might even be 360 degrees. From the Thai street food from the guy in the bus on the streets of Bangkok. Not in a bus. He would, he knocked out a hole in the wall. He was in the foundation of the building. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you said streetcar. And I, I, I had this vision. No, but that's street. the style of food. No, no, no. Oh, I that's see. where I'm trying to paint that picture. Oh, I see. They're literally, the foundation was so deep and so big. Oh, I got you. Okay. He was operating off of picnic tables with a grill inside the foundation of the building that's even better (laughs) very very cool so either way the opposite of that would be the olive garden
We're here in the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro. So much of summer still left. Don't miss a minute. Beach picnics and uh, car trips and so much more, and you need to eat. So start at Dave's Marketplace. Dave's prepared foods and grab-and-go and those great pizzas. Just perfect for the beach, the picnic, the rest of summer. It's all yours. Rhode Island's own since 1969, Dave's Marketplace. Locations and hours at davesmarketplace.com. Ted Tomlinson, the proprietor of the one and only Spanked Puppy in Colchester, Vermont. Now, Most memorable meal. <laughs> most memorable meal. But then there was a 180-degree opposite of that. Uh, now you're bringing it up. We're talking about Olive Garden, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's 180 degrees from, might even be 360 degrees, from the Thai street food from the guy in the bus on the streets of Bangkok? Not in a bus! He would. He knocked out a hole in the wall. He was in the foundation of the building. Oh my gosh! Oh, you said streetcar, and I, I, I had this vision. No, but that's the style of food. No, no, no. Oh, I that's see. where I'm trying to paint that picture. Oh, I see. They're literally the foundation was so deep and so big. He was operating off of picnic tables with a grill inside the foundation of the building. That's even better. <laughs> very, very cool. So either way, the opposite of that would be the Olive Garden. And I got it. I'm really going to get myself in trouble because now you're up to what, 5 million listeners. At least. At least. Yeah. So it's the Olive Garden right here uh, in, on, on Shelburne Road in Vermont. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, it was right in that awful pandemic. You couldn't go out to eat. You couldn't, you know, and then all of a sudden the rules started lifting and people started dipping their toe in the water. And, you know, it's one of those things where you just, when you want some Olive Garden, you get some Olive Garden. And I tell you, we went out with as many people as we were safely allowed to bring at the time, which were mainly family and a couple of friends and everybody had to do, you know, all that checks and everything. And after the initial craziness of the pandemic where everybody's, and boy, it's that comfort food. And that is the second most memorable meal that I am thinking of right now is having it was like a commercial, one of their commercials. <laughs> <laughs> they brought you the never-ending breadsticks and the never-ending pasta fagiole. The house dressing, house right? dressing, and the house dressing, house dressing. Yeah. <laughs> and their Alfredo. And that it still is with me to this day where, you know, sometimes you just want exactly what you're supposed to get. True. I, you don't want anything new. You don't want anything fancy. And the service, impeccable. We didn't recognize a single person there. My wife used to work there before we met. So this is 11 some odd years ago. We didn't know anybody there. Service spectacular. Food spectacular. Exactly what you wanted. And boy, in that tiny moment where you're just getting out to eat again at a place like Olive Garden, second most memorable meal. <laughs> I gotcha. I really do. And it really sums up what goes through your mind even if you don't recognize it, when someone says to you, well, what was the most memorable meal you ever had? It, it's a moment in time. It's surroundings. It's the people. It's the family. It's the the getting out after being locked up for all of that length of time. It's so many things going on. And uh, it, so it, it really becomes more than just a simple question of, oh, well, what did you have? Because, you know, like you say, you 
expect what you expect and you get what you expect. Griffin knows and agrees with me. So, but uh, he had four fried eggs this morning, so he's pretty good. Gosh, this kid is eating. Oh my gosh, good for him. Now, how old is he now? He is 10 months yesterday. Whoa. And it seems like yesterday when the last time we talked on this show, he was like three months. So, (laughs) man, oh, man. It does feel that long. It does feel that long. We got to do this more often. We do. You're (laughs) absolutely right. Uh, It's always great to talk to you. Well, you know, the whole thing about the comfort food, though, is you're not alone in that. And it really is driving the restaurant industry these days because new places that are opening up what do you always see well the concept of the restaurant is going to be something something comfort food it's a it's a take on comfort food my thought on comfort food is i you put really put it the right way 180 degrees when you're in the mood to be a little adventurous and see what's out there and you have something that just knocked your socks off, that takes a 10 and turns it into a 20. Oh, yeah. When when you're out and you're ready to explore. On the flip side, when you're expecting a 10 and you're in a, a new country or a new place or whatever, and you know, you're expecting something good and you get something mediocre, that really takes a 10 down to a 1. Well, but there's sometimes think that do you think that we are really looking now and maybe it's subconsciously for what exactly we're expecting we want we want the predictable we want the comfortable we want the the well prepared depends on where you are you think and so? who you're with okay there you because go. if so obviously our lobster roll we we had some hiccups with our lobster roll this year. Did you? Uh, it is still the best lobster roll out there, and I will stake. I am staking my reputation on it. <laughs> <laughs> and some supply issues, uh, prep issues, and when you're when you know that's the one thing you want, either you're traveling or you hear about it, and it has to be a home run every time. It has to. If you're if you're traveling to a different place, if you and I were to go up to, I don't know, let's say Syracuse, New York. And boy, do I want a really good beef on WEC. Right. Or another memorable meal was having a beef on WEC for the first time, and it blew me away. I didn't know such a thing existed. Yeah. I think when you're moving and trying out new things, you really want to find that one place that can do it great. And it just, I think, takes a 10 to a 20. However... If you're somewhat static, which we all are at some points, you just want the classics delivered the right way. Yes. <laughs> you don't have to think about it. You just sit down, have some lasagna. You just took all the kids out to sports practice. You're coming back. You're exhausted. The wife's out. You've got two of your kids and three of your neighbor's kids. You just come back from softball practice, and all you want is – perhaps a crisp beverage and blank good sure. mac and cheese and whatever. And I think there's two parts of that. I think you're right. And, and what that blank is, is, is becoming the, uh, is becoming the reason for existence of, um, 
of a lot of new restaurants and a lot of retool restaurants these days because that blank could be the fried chicken sandwich. The blank could be uh, straight ahead, uh, you know, American cuisine, new American, straight ahead American. Uh, it could be it, it could be a different nationality, but you're looking to be predictable and we're looking for the predictable these days. Uh, so I think the idea is to get us into the tent and and create the expectation and then we live up to the expectation and then we'll get a little adventurous. Exactly. But the foundation is still and again about this hole in the wall shop in, in Bangkok. Yeah. How many people looked at that as their version of mac and cheese? It blew us away. Oh sure. If we still talk about it. We're 20 years away from this and we're still talking about it and can't get it. But there are still people that that walk by that place. And that was recommended The people that we met there. uh, These are not the people that we stayed with. They were locals. Um, They said, you have to come here. You have to come here. We come here all the time. And that's their version of mac and cheese. I got you. Blew us away. (laughs) Fantastic. Uh, And I have a third memorable experience. Go ahead. And this one's from Germany. And I went there in 2006 uh, when the World Cup was in Germany. Yeah. And same exact thing. Every year during Oktoberfest, Oktoberfest is proper southern Germany. Everywhere else they do kind of a market fest. Yeah. It's the same relative time period, but it's not what you would think drinking beer out of a boot and such. So in the t- town that I was were in, Hamburg, Ohm, uh, which is in uh, northern, in Hesse, uh, they, there's a, an old church, which in Germany, an old church is a real old church. Uh, they had a, the church had the wine cellar, which they only opened up one time every year. It was during this festival. And it's a huge, massive brick-lined cavern. And that was... That's where everybody went out and everybody's in there and it's, I mean, you can't see anything because of the cigarette smoke and everything. And boy, this is right out of central casting, big old beer steins, not the boot, not the touristy stuff, but just beer steins and warm beer and a bunch of old codgers sitting around eating. Sure. And you get into that for a bit and then you get a little peckish. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, all the, and I, I do this every time with you. I try to speak in languages that you know and I don't. Kuka, all the, the cakes, you know, oh, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not, you know where I'm trying to go with this. I do. And they just, and all of a sudden it turns into this volunteer thing because I'm not joking. 500 people as God is my witness, if not more sitting around, but there's no kitchen, there's no nothing. And like stone soup, just okay. food starts appearing. We're talking knockwurst and bratwurst and the, uh, the, the kookas. I can't, I'm going to get myself in trouble like I usually do. But before you know it, mountains of food just start showing up and people are cooking them and they're bringing it in. They're cooking. Some of them are cooking them in their kitchen. Some of them have that version of street carts. Some of them are restaurants. And then before you know it, poof, there's tons of beer and tons of food. And then the clincher of that one experience was some guy just started singing some of these old German 
drinking songs. And before you know it, there's 500 people clinking and swinging and singing these songs and eating this food. It gives me goosebumps to this moment. I'm getting them right now. And I don't know how it happened. It was almost by magic. You know what? There probably was just a little bit of magic involved. <laughs> hey, thanks for this time. I really appreciate it. Well, it's your time, actually. Well, I, so you, thank you. You made it better, and I appreciate it. So thank you very much. We'll see you both soon. I can't wait. Take care. Bye, Griff. Food dude, Bruce Newberry. 